0: So fair to say there has been a lot happen since our last episode when we jumped in the car in Melbourne together and talked through a few of those very initial trades. It, it is quite literally all happening. Let, let's go through these and let's just highlight some and get your thoughts. We won't spend a bunch of time on each. Well we might we'll see how we go. Let's start with let's start with the trades that have happened. Or, the, or the, the free agency signings that have happened, uh, in absolutely no particular order, the, the Los Angeles Lakers. They keep Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. Uh, Rui Hachimura. Mora. Hachimira. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring in Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent, and Cam Reddish. I, I think they got better.
1: I like the depth that they've brought to the table, and um, I think. When you look around what was the downfall for a lot of teams, it was around the depth. Everyone thought the Phoenix Suns were the best team on paper, yet they didn't have the depth required to match a Denver team. Um, They really relied on their stars that actually came off the bench, you know, the the Bruce Browns to do what he needed to do along with the supporting cast. So um, I thought the Lakers were right there, even though they got swept by the Nuggets last year. They were, they weren't that far away in most of those games. Like they were, they were close. It was a, it was a good series. Um, so getting depth for them was an absolute necessity, especially when you've got an aging LeBron James. Um, you've got an unreliable injury-wise Anthony Davis. Um, you build around that team. It, this should be AD's team now, going forward. Um, and if you still get good minutes out of LeBron with more depth around him so he doesn't have to do so much through the regular season, can only be a good thing for the Lakers.
0: With the prices, and you mentioned Bruce Brown with what he got paid and with what some other free agents got paid, signing Austin Reeves for $55, $58 million seems to be a steal. I mean... Is that how you see that? I, I'm amazed another team didn't put, a, put an offer forward and have the Lakers match. A lot of people were talking $100 million. I, I thought that was high. I mean, at the end of the day, he's had two-thirds of one great season. It's, it's, his form hasn't been over a long period of time, but surely he could
1: have got more than that on the open market or could have got more than that from the Lakers if he hadn't gone and explored I think it's twofold because of this new salary cap and the way that things are going to go moving forward. I think. So, sorry, when I say going forward and exploring, if
0: I'm another team in the West, I'm putting an offer sheet to Austin <laughs> Reeves to take a big chunk out of the Lakers' salary cap that would impact them negatively. I am
1: surprised that San Antonio didn't take that opportunity. Right. Um, that was my big surprise was San Antonio not making that. Um, A priority putting a solid basketball player next to Wemby. I thought that would have been great. Can you hear the fucking bird? Oh,
0: oh, yeah, your bird's back. (laughs) (laughs) While Wordo goes and puts a blanket over the bird, uh, he mentioned uh, the Phoenix Suns and and not having any depth. They've still got DeAndre Ayton on their books. Uh, Drew Eubanks for me. He's a really underrated signing, a really, really high percentage rim finisher. Wouldn't have paid him a lot of money. Clearly, Jock Landale's out. So for the Aussie fans, that, that's not a great one. But Drew Eubanks, for me, is a really underrated signing. Kevin Durant gets his pick, in, Eric Gordon, Terrence Ross. The, the Suns were, though, when it comes to adding to depth, the, the Lakers and the Suns have both gotten a lot better to challenge the Nuggets in the West. I love the fact you didn't hear a word I said to start that. I'm just going to let you, you – know, I'm just going to see what you say about the Suns.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Once again, uh, the Suns with Wantanabe coming over, uh, I think that must have been a recommendation from KD. Obviously, played solid rotation minutes, uh, the back end of that Brooklyn season for them. Um Really like... Terence Ross, Eric Gordon are good. What your thoughts on Drew Eubanks? Well, hang on. I think Eric Gordon is a lot better than what most people sort of... That that year that he was in Houston uh, next to Harden, like he was a solid backup wing player. Well, not backup, he was starting, but he gave him solid minutes and he sort of just been floundering... Uh, the last couple of years, you know, with teams that haven't been ultra competitive. I think this gives him an opportunity, another floor spacer for him, another another guy that is a deep threat for the Suns, especially with Booker going into the, the mid-range a little bit more. Um, he made a whole lot of sense to me. I thought that was a really good pickup. Eubanks, um, I think he's solid. I prefer Jock. That 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 would be my only thing. I I prefer Jock. Uh, I'd I'd watched Eubanks. Uh, I with, when I was with LMU, I saw Eubanks play in college. So I kn- I know what he's got. I know he's solid as a, a backup big. Um, I just thought Jock bought more, but Jock got paid more as well at the same time. Jock
0: got paid more. Drew Eubanks, I don't have the numbers in front of me. he's one of the highest percentage paint finishers in the league, and I think that's exactly the role that they need. That's not what Jock is. I I think they needed that role. So we'd probably agree that the Lakers and the Suns will compete against the Nuggets in the West. Um, Does Dallas even get into that conversation. They brought Kyrie Irving back. They had to, they had to keep him in as an asset. They signed Dante Exum, which we won't get great signing for, for him. Great to have him back in the league. Came at a tragic time for his family. Um, they brought in Seth Curry to space the floor and They and they signed Grant Williams. They got better. They've still got Christian Wood on their roster. I'm sure they'll try to get someone in for him. or well, he's a free agent. Um, do they even put themselves into consideration again now that Irving and uh, Luka Doncic have spent some time, they get a preseason together, they can plan around it with with a little bit more time up their sleeve. I sleeves. think
1: they're a play-in team at best still. Um, a play-in team at best with Luka and yeah, Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, where the West is currently. And the other thing is uh, come the pointy end of the season... The defensive team seemed to rise to the top. I, th- I thought Denver was a really good defensive team, defensive team um, built around Jokic deficiencies, but they had big, long athletes. Um, who's guarding on that Dallas team at the moment? Like, I think they'd be kicking themselves that they – that well, not kicking themselves. They'd be upset that Portland matched the Matisse-Thiebel offer sheet. Um because I need I was getting so excited about having six Aussies uh, in, in
0: within a three yeah, hour drive for our you, tour at the you, end you of the year. Cheese I was you excited.
1: Five look five's still great, but you, you oh. jinxed it. Um I just don't see that, that they have enough defense at at the end of the um to compete at the pointy end of the season. And I think they'll go through stages where we'll see scores like a hundred hundred and forty to one hundred and thirty and they'll and they'll lose. Because uh, I just don't understand.
0: Brian, Brian, Brian Gorgian used to have a saying that he used with particular players that we won't get into, but you know, we they weren't the best defensive guards in the world. And he always used to say, it's hard to defend your house when you leave the front door wide open. And I feel like that's what Dallas are defensively. Luca and Kyrie are going to play a lot, their front door's wide open to any team who wants to go and attack the room. Um, Staying in Texas, and then this will be the last one in the West, uh, the Houston Rockets. You, you mentioned Jock Lander when he got his $8 million for year one. The next three aren't guaranteed, so let's call it a one-year deal. Let's call it what it is, and that's great for Jock. Uh, Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, are their key signings. I, I would only imagine you've got incredibly contrasting thoughts on those two players.
1: Yeah, I, I like Fred as a player. I think they've paid overs to get Fred at the end of the day, uh, but he's a nice addition to the, the squad. And they pro- look, they probably had to pay overs to get him uh, at the end of the day. I was thinking about the current NBA contracts and, and what they are um if you want someone, you're going to have to pay overs it's like the housing market in Australia at the moment. If you want a house, you've got to pay overs at the moment to get that house. And that's what's happening in the NBA. If you want a guy, you're paying overs. For Fred, I can understand. For Dylan Brooks. What,
0: what in the world was that? Why? Who are they bidding against? Uh, Who else wanted Dylan Brooks for anything, even if they wanted him? Who was going to pay him more than a mid
1: level exception? 12 million dollars a year or yeah for, for two or three not for four that one that one baffled me and um, yeah I don't know if this is coming from the head coach I don't know
0: well it is he wanted another lock he wanted a Marcus smart he had Marcus smart in Boston he wanted another Marcus smart type that's got a deep an edge. A bit nasty. He got that. I just don't know how if it's going to negatively affect the rest of what they're trying to build around it.
1: Yeah, but they could have got it for a lot cheaper. I think they could have got it for a lot cheaper as well. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I didn't hear any other team going, "We really want Dylan Brooks, like Gosh. he's a priority for us." But it was it was either um, the Shanghai Sharks or or, or Houston. So I, I don't I don't know. At the end of the day.
0: Can anyone come out of the West not name Denver, Phoenix or Los Angeles Lakers?
1: No, no. They're, 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 they're the three at the moment.
0: Uh, not, not as much probably big news in the East. I, I mentioned Bruce Brown really quickly. I I like the signing. Again, they paid way overs to get Bruce Brown, way overs. But they've made their choice, it seems, from the outside looking in to go with Culture, as opposed to their biggest name for the next year or two, Tyrese Halliburton's taken steps. They're putting a really nice roster together in a city that isn't a free agent destination. I think they've done a pretty good job with that. Um, Milwaukee have gone down the shared experience route, where they've brought back Chris Middleton, they've brought back Brook Lopez, they brought in Malik Beasley. Uh, more of the same with the key players in Robin for Milwaukee. Lopez. Have you seen Robin Lopez's uh, the interview they did years ago with Brooke and Robin? If you haven't seen that, just jump on Twitter. I, I, I didn't post it. I, I did send it to you. Now i remembered where they the The Brooke and Robin Lopez uh, interview when they ask why one of you sucks so badly. It's. I hope we get a lot more of that type of social media content uh, this year. But um, – there's a little bit to be said, and I've always been a big fan of of shared experience leading to success uh, with your core group of players and Milwaukee have done that, Denver have done that. Um, I really like, and this is an unpopular opinion, I really like the Dante DiVincenzo signing for the New York Knicks for that exact reason. Uh, a college championship with Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart, uh, a really solid season, and again, got overpaid to get him out of the Golden State Warriors. But they needed that perimeter threat; they needed that type of athlete. They've positioned themselves really nicely, I think, to bring in their one big key piece now. And I'm more and more. Is it going to be Cat? Do you think? Do you, from a, from outside, do you see any way now that the Minnesota Timberwolves? Have committed so many millions of dollars to three centres. Do you think there's any way that Cat finds his way to the New York
1: Knicks? I think there's a world where where it happens. Um, that that Minnesota roster makeup is just.
0: But he's got to be the one that goes, right? They can't get rid... They're not going to get rid of Gobert. They'll get nothing in return. Yeah, they just
1: re-sign Nas Reid and they're pretty high on him.
0: So there's your two bits. So there's your two b- so catch your odd man out. He's not a four-man. No. Whatever he says, he's not a four-man. He's a stretch five and that's the exact type of personality so, that the Knicks need because they've already got Mitch Robinson yeah. and they've even got Jericho Sims. Yeah. They can get rid of Randall. They could even get... They've got some... And they've got draft assets that they can get rid of too and Minnesota gave up a lot of draft assets to get so that that might be valuable and I think again I barracked for the nets because of Leon
1: Rose but that could be a really good fit I thought Obi Toppin would have been a part of that deal had it been and then they got rid of Obi for what was it two second round picks Obi
0: wanted a bigger role, and we found that out during the year. He wanted to get out early. Um, he's actually represented by Leon Sun um, so, or CAA, but he wanted out. They cleared Derek Rose out. They, they freed up dollars. They got rid of Cam Reddish. So the pieces around the edges that they didn't particularly need or want, they've cleared yeah. out.
1: I think Randall is um, the the one that has to go.
0: Randall has to go. R- Randall's
1: got to be a piece of whatever. And I don't think that would bother the Knicks. Oh, and I think the the Knicks fan base would be elated by it at the same time.
0: And they're probably going to get as much for Randall after the season he just had as any time in the next however many years. Um, anything in the East that stood out to you before we get to potential trades? Uh,
1: n- not in the East, Uh I think it's, it is in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment. Obviously, this whole Dame conversation is holding out what Miami want to do. I think Boston still have a part to play in this. At the uh, It's going to be interesting. I mean, we talked about Denver, Los Angeles, uh, Lakers and Phoenix being the three teams in, in the West. I've got no idea in the East. I mean, it should be Milwaukee. It's still
0: going to be Milwaukee
1: as one of it's them. It's going to be Boston. Yes. Do we see what the Heat does before we put my, – let my, I mean, let's, they, they suck for the majority did, of the year. Yeah, I,
0: I really don't like the fact that Damian Lillard's agent is calling other teams and saying, don't, yeah, you know, don't sign him. He's not going to be happy. You know what? The same thing got said about Kawhi Leonard when he went to Toronto, and he went and won a championship. If I, that package that Milwaukee, uh, that Miami are offering, that how could you possibly be happy with that as Portland? And at some level, you know, everybody says that Portland owed Damian Lillard for his service. Portland paid Damian Lillard millions and millions of dollars for his service, and he didn't bring them. An NBA Finals appearance, so I get the loyalty part, but he's made a lot of money, and Portland have to do what's right for them too, and they can't just. Miami cannot be the only team that they're negotiating.
1: This with. is part of the player empowerment movement that's happening, um, right? It's, and it's this been, is a really important. It's been skewed. This is a really imp- to the players heavily really important time right now.
0: Like, Philadelphia took a stand with Ben Simmons. Portland can take a stand for all of the other owners around the league to say just because a player wants out and wants to drive where he goes, that doesn't mean we just accept it. I, I think you go back to what the Spurs and Yana, we'll trade you to the Raptors. We, we'll trade you to the offer we think will best suit our club. You can figure it out from there. So, so just on that, let me give you three potential trades that I think are better than Miami for Portland and you tell me if you do any of these or if you like any of them. The first one's the Spurs. Yeah. Now, I've, I've only heard there's not a chance in the, the Spurs would get involved in a three-way deal, but you've got Victor Wembanyama on a four-year rookie scale deal. He could potentially be the best or second-best player on a successful team within two years. The Spurs have traditionally or historically put a superstar next to their number one draft picks. They don't have that right now. Is there a world where you would bring in Damian Lillard as that superstar? He's hardworking. He seems to fit Spurs culture. Would you bring him in for those four years? You've got Vic Wembanyama on his rookie deal. And the type of deal you might be looking at would be Keldon Johnson, Zach Collins to go back to the Portland area on on an expiring contract, uh, Devontae Graham to give them their point guard back, who's a reasonably high-level point guard, uh, Doug McDermott on, a, on an expiring contract, and then whatever draft picks, and the Spurs have plenty. That, that to me, all of a sudden, by the time you've got Vasily, you've got Vic, you've got Lillard, and you've got whatever else you padded out with, is a pretty is it worth considering for the Spurs or do you just keep building around the youth that you've invested in the last number of years?
1: I'll answer this in in two parts. I don't think there is a scenario where it's a a two-team trade for Dame. I think there needs to be three teams for everyone to get what they need out of this situation. Um, Portland don't need... Salary dumps right now. You look like a team like Washington want salary dumps and, and who do they have? Portland are saying
0: they don't, but they're not far off needing it. The last couple of years, if Dame goes, they can rebuild
1: real quick with Scoot. I I agree with that. Um, the second part of that question is I would love to see Dame as a spur with with that, Vic. That's what I hey.
0: such an unpopular opinion, but so uh, would I
1: I think that would be a great match. And,
0: and when he first spoke, he mentioned the yeah, Miami is clearly his top priority, but he also mentioned the Nets and he also mentioned the Spurs. Now we've played for Greg Popovich on Team USA and loves the way he goes about
1: it. Oh, I,
0: I like that more than anyone's given that credit for. And do you see a, there'll
1: be someone out there listening who'll tell us why it can't work. Do you but, see a Buddy Franklin sort of swerve happening? The old, I'm going to, uh, going to GWS, I'm going to GWS, I'm going to GWS. I, I landed at the Swans. I'm going to Miami, I'm going to Miami, I'm going to Miami. I'm a Spur.
0: I I like it more than most yep. people let me, let me give you two more. You said there's going to be a three-team, but it's more fun to do a yeah. two-team. Would you trade him straight up for for uh, Paul George? No.
1: In whose book? Oh. Which team doesn't do that deal? I'm biased. I, I really dislike Paul George's game. <laughs> I, I,
0: but, but if you need a superstar back... Yeah.
1: Who's the current point guard at the Clippers?
0: they're They're on almost identical salaries for the next two years, but you save yourself those final two years. Paul George, I believe, has got two years left on his contract.
1: I think it would be great if Kawhi Leonard was guaranteed a healthy season, but he seems quite the opposite of Kawhi.
0: So, you wouldn't do that if you're Portland?
1: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it.
0: It's got to be better than the heat
1: deal. It is better than the heat deal. But I, yeah, if I was Portland, I, would, would, I okay, wouldn't. Okay, let,
0: let me give you one more left of center. And I've, I've run all these through that. I've, I've actually spent time on the trade machine. It's called homework. Um, one more two team trade scenario to see if you would yep. do this. And this one's high risk. Damien mm-hmm. Lillard. Zion, Williamson and Dyson, Daniels. High risk but high reward if
1: you're Portland, if it works out. I'm not opposed to that trade. I actually like that trade. For both For teams? For both teams. I,
0: they're my three. As much as I think through all of the possible teams around the league, they're the three I like. Clearly from Miami, Damian Lillard fits Perfectly. But I don't see any world where Portland can get back what they need to send Damian Lillard to Miami, unless like you say, there's a third team involved, but then it becomes really skewed, and I still don't think they get what they need.
1: I think Zion just needs to run away, hide in a corner of a country somewhere from all the drama. Um, yeah. And, and, and so be good for about- Dyson, because I think he can play at this level and hasn't had much opportunity to this point, but given consistent minutes, you know, him and Scoot playing side-by-side side would be exciting and that that could be your new Dame Lillard, CJ McCullum type of uh, duo that they've been used to whilst, whilst having someone like a Zion there as well, uh, which they didn't have early in the, in the day of those two playing with each other. So I, I like that. And then... On the flip side, Dame uh, with Brandon Ingram would be an exciting duo within itself. So Now the only the only thing is him and CJ McCollum have been proven not to work. But they didn't have someone like a Brandon Ingram. This is true. And they got to a conference final, right? With just those two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a little bit older, a little bit more savvy in what they might go
0: back to the shared experience yep. again. Speaking of running away to a corner of a country, James Harden, who in their right mind, and we asked the same thing about Kyrie Irving, who in their right mind would want James Harden?
1: Uh, I I don't don't know. He he doesn't play the style of basketball needed for a team to be successful. He's not...
0: Nor does he invest the time or effort into training and self improvement and all
1: those types of things you want around the group. I was listening to um, Doc Rivers talk about his experience with James and and Doc, who I don't think is a very good coach, by the way. Um, but it was
0: a really good interview. So the Bill Simmons yeah, interview you're talking about. If you, if someone's looking for another one once this one's done, that was a really good. Interview. Basically
1: saying, look. When we were playing our best basketball, James had bought into the style of basketball that we needed. But then old habits reverted and he couldn't help himself. But being that ball dominant point guard, um, I think, I don't know who, who needs him. I don't know who wants him. We've heard maybe Houston they're trying to make this Houston thing. And then I go back to you just played, paid Fred Van Vliet what? all that money. Imagine Harden, Dylan Brooks, Van Vliet. Oh, I don't know. So, so, so flip it.
0: What, what does Philadelphia need? Assume James Harden's gone. What does Philadelphia need? Because the really, really long shotty, let's say this blows up, Harden's gone. Tyrese Maxey's untouchable, but is there any world in which Joel Embiid thinks I'm never going to win him, and he
1: demands a trade or is he just a lifer in Philadelphia? I think he loves Philly and Philly loves Joel. Um, I'd like to think that he might be a bit of a lifer there. However, he might get sick of Daryl Morey's shit at some stage because, you know, Daryl Morey loves James Harden and, that's been from the Houston days and the whole premise of what they built in Houston was around, you know, this three-ball basketball system, which James was a big part of. And then uh, Maury goes to Philly and brings James back in with him there. Maybe maybe Joel just goes, you know what, I'll go somewhere else. I'll go to the New York Knicks. That that would and be exciting. Other one. He
0: would be he would be the only one that would be a better fit than Kyle Anthony Towns in that
1: extreme universe. Oh, that would be exciting. I having uh, Brunson run pick and rolls with Joel uh, would be damn hard to stop.
0: <laughs> be a lot of fun. Um, hey, let's cover off the Aussies before we get. So Giddy stays, Daniels at the moment stays, Josh Green at the moment stays, Xavier Cooks stays to the best of our knowledge, although the guy who brought him in is no longer there. Um, your quick thoughts on these guys, uh, Jock Landau to Houston.
1: Uh, I th- paid, he he, he got, got paid and he would fit in anywhere. We're obvious big fans of him, uh, especially after yep. our talk. He would have got paid anywhere. Um would have liked to have seen him on a contender again.
0: If you haven't listened to it already yet, go back once you're done with this one and find out Jock
1: Landale interview. Just a really
0: incredible chat. We both loved it. Paddy Mills to OKC.
1: Savvy by OKC to bring in a vet, uh, a, a good professional for the young guys to you know work around. Um, obviously the connection, the Aussie connection there is great. OKC has now become Australia's team. Going forward, but uh, be, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be used a little bit more frequent than what he was in Brooklyn. Which is the part that excites me too, yes. That we'll see him, um, you know, partner the shared experience thing. They, and they lacked, perimeter, they, they lacked perimeter threats and he brings that. Oh, in bunches. So a great pickup by OKC
0: so the other Aussie connection you mentioned or referred to is Jack White going to OKC clearly he's going to
1: have to earn a roster spot yep but at least he's off his two way now so um, congrats to him Uh, hell of a story Jack White Um, we were teammates up at the Taipans before he went to Duke Uh, and he was so close to going to a really shitty D1 school and uh, I remember Aaron Fern and I spoke to Jack and just said mate don't sign anything yet, like give yourself some time here in Cairns, you know there'll be people watching and it was a bit over a month later that Duke called and said they were interested, so he saved himself going from a really crappy D1 school to end up going to Duke, obviously the Achilles injury, coming back from that, winning a championship, getting a two-way now fully contracted NBA player, awesome story
0: Uh, I hadn't heard that story and I love the the amount of coaches and kids who I hear come to me and say, I got a college offer and then we'll progress to reel off some school in, the, in a town I've never heard of, a school I've never heard of. It's always the crappy schools that make their offers first before you get your real offers. I've I'm, I'm never heard that, but I'm glad that's another example of that. Um, <laughs> so many – Memes to be made of Joe Ingalls retiring in Florida. How do you see him going down to Orlando?
1: I think it's a good pickup by Orlando. Um, A vet guy, good out of the pick and roll, uh, stretch shooter. Uh, I think he'll get more of the ball handling responsibilities that he didn't quite get in Milwaukee. Um, I think I heard the stat that 78% Seventy-eight percent of his shots were three-point attempts in in Milwaukee. Um, but what made Joe really good was his um, play out of the pick and roll. At the end of the day, and with uh, a few of the young guys around him, I think there's a good opportunity uh, for him. But once again, two years, twenty-two million, great for him uh, on a, on an um, what I think will be an emerging Orlando team at the end of. The,
0: I'm actually ex- I'm, I'm excited to see their improvement. They were they were a fun league pass team last year yep. to watch. Uh, Matisse Thiebaud, we were excited about the potential of him going to Dallas. Oh. Like I said, I was excited about our tours, but Portland have matched the offer sheet and he'll remain at Portland. Oh,
1: in the, all likelihood, the best thing you said is our tours. I've got nothing to do with it. Um, but Portland uh, retain a, a really underrated defender. And disappointing that Dallas didn't get him because that's exactly who they needed.
0: Now, now, the last one, and let's concentrate on the NBA with this first, but Ben Simmons, as untradable as anyone yet, and, and this is why I think the Nets might be one of the teams that tries to get involved with Portland and Miami. That, that if, if they can find anyone that needs a salary dump to get involved in that trade, he'll be top of the list does he where where do you see or do you even care where Ben Simmons is next year I'd love to see him back on the court I'm one of those guys I'd love to see him on the court and I've got an opinion on the boomers thing in a second
1: I too would love to see him on the court I, I feel like we've we've probably been going around in circles for the last three years with the same conversation with the same bloke I don't dislike Ben, um, but he just needs to find a way to get back out on the court consistently. Uh, it'd be really cool if he found a way to find the form that he was in the Philly days because uh, he's still a valuable asset to any team who can get him to that stage. But I don't have much trust that that stage could get back going off what we've seen in the last couple of years.
0: So, so let's flip it across to the Boomers and then let's give a, little, a quick shout out to Dave Pickard who's uh, been around basketball for a long time and has kept in touch. And um, He tweeted us during the week, what's your take on Ben Simmons pulling out of the World Championship team? Be interested to hear what you and Werther have to say and has been hoofed, was never playing. As much as he would help, he should never be invited or allowed to be involved again. Gorge got taken for a ride your thoughts first
1: I don't think you can't invite him or not be a part of the squad because he would make if healthy he would make the boomers better Um, the way that he plays the game uh, as a bigger point guard that could play that probably more Draymond Green style role now with the boomers um And he was a good defensive player as well. I I think a lot of people forget about that side of things. I think he would thrive under a gorge if he came back.
0: I've got two thoughts. And I've had people try to compare Ben to Liz Cambridge and her situation with the Opals. Ben's never hurt anyone. Ben's never turned up and pulled out. Well, he did once, I think, back in the exhibition games, but that wasn't a major tournament. Um, he's never promised anything he hasn't delivered. He's He's been unavailable. Gorge didn't get taken for a ride because Gorge never expected him to be there. He said publicly what everyone wanted to hear and what the party line was, but there would have been no planning gone into having Ben Simmons as part of the boomers. The planning would have been around not having Ben and if, by some chance they got him, that's a bonus. I think Ben Simmons was only ever a bonus. Um, Should he be invited back again? Absolutely. You always invite your best players and you see where they're at, but you invite them to camp. You don't hand them a a spot on the team. You invite them to come and be around the group as part of the camp. So I don't think Gorge got taken for a ride. I don't think, again, I'll, I'll keep coming back to, Ben Simmons has never hurt anyone. He's disappointed people who expected more or wanted more out of him. But, you know, again, I just hope he can be back on the court at some stage so we can evaluate him. And one of the pleasing bits of news around Ben is he's gotten rid of Clutch and he's got a new agent, um, Canadian guy who's really big on uh, setting Ben on the right path you know, changing his mindset, his philosophy, philosophy slightly. And I know he was an advocate for trying to get him to play for the Boomers. And, you know, his, his quote was that when Steve Nash was struggling in the NBA and he was close to that in Canada, was that the best thing for Steve was to go to the Sydney Olympic Games, be a part of Team Canada and find that. And so my hope is that Ben finds that one day. When it is, I don't know. Um, this would have been really, really quick. And even if he had have made this squad or this team, he would have played so little basketball in the last three years. I'm not sure how much he would have helped. If he has a successful NBA season or he's on, or a consistent NBA season and then puts his hand up for the Olympic Games, I think it's a whole different conversation.
1: Um, I agree with a lot with what you just said. I, I I, think it is wrong for people to compare Ben to Liz. Um, I, I agree with that, yes. I would add, um, majority of people don't understand what a back injury does to someone. I think a lot of people go through life maybe without ever having a back issue. And you've had... Back spasms before, and and I've definitely had them before. A back injury is debilitating. It is it is one of the, one of the most frustrating injuries where you want you know you you should be in the prime of your athletic life, but being able to put a sock on is difficult. Trying to tie up a shoe is excruciating. Um, I think what gets lost in all of this is backs are no joke. And um, I would imagine that a lot of people that give Ben shit at the end of the day have never experienced an injury, let alone a back injury before, because it is debilitating. Um, And if, his back is as bad as what – well, he's had multiple surgeries now. Who, who knows? I have never had surgery on my back. But if a back spasm is, is bad, I can only imagine having surgery and the recovery from that it would be difficult.
0: I agree. Um, we weren't going to talk about the MBL at all, but in the last 24 hours uh, – The Brisbane Bullets signed Rocco Zakarski as a development player, as a next star player. I love that. Um, People asked me two, three years ago, the next NBA guy from Australia. It's always been Rocco. If someone came before him, great. But Rocco's NBA, he's a 16-year-old kid on an NBL roster, and I'm sure he'll be there for a couple of years and he will fill out, he'll develop his skill set. He'll be in an environment where he's not clearly the best player on the team every junior tournament he goes and That's all he's ever known. So him being around adults, I can't wait to see his development by being a next
1: star in the NBL program and the youngest in the history of the program. Great, great pick up by the Brisbane Bullets and... Another job well done to Liam Santa Maria of getting this deal done. Um, how exciting. I mean, I remember Boomer's teams when a really young Paddy Mills came in and a really young Joe Ingles came into the squad and just how much joy having someone that youthful and that excited to be there day in and day out brought to the group. Um I'd imagine Rocco will have that same sort of joy at the start of the season. Is he going to have his ups and downs? Yeah, he's going to have ups and downs like every player does throughout a season. But for him to be able to grow in a professional system in a professional setting, um, it's exciting for not only the league uh, to see him for the next couple of years before he inevitably packs his bags and moves over to the States. But... uh, Exciting for the Brisbane Bullets as well. It's another quality get for them. So, um, yeah, that, that is a great signing. Um,
0: uh, mate, lots to play out. One, lots one last trade, thing but... that's
1: not on the run sheet. Um, the the centre of excellence is currently in Atlanta playing in the NBA Academy Global Games at the moment. Uh, ben Henshaw, who signed with the Wildcats, by all reports, is killing it at the moment. Um, I had a message from uh, Tommy Shepard who departed the Wizards, who's watching it at the moment. He, he had a glowing report of how good Ben is as a player. Uh, so another exciting one to watch this season as a, a rookie in the NBL getting minutes at, at the Wildcats.
0: Exciting things here in Australia, exciting things in the United States. Uh... Exciting news for our tours, and I'm, I'm going to give them a plug. If you like, we're going to be in New York, we're going to be in Dallas, yeah, we we'll are. duck up to OKC. Um, we're doing it in November before Thanksgiving. au forward slash tours. We've probably got eight spots remaining, so there's still time. The schedule comes out, and this is the exciting part the NBA schedule comes out mid August. So uh, Mark Sainsbury and myself uh, sit around and put it together. Jamie Stade makes it look nice. We send it out to the group and uh, we're all steam ahead, full steam ahead. Um, We're good to chat. Look forward to what happens in the next week. We'll pick it up again. Uh, We still haven't pulled in that interview or a couple of interviews we've been talking about. We'll keep working on that. But uh, to everyone, thanks for listening like, subscribe, all those things we're meant to say at the end of a podcast. If you do that, we'd be really, really appreciative. It's it's going great. We love doing it, and uh, we'd love to continue to bring you more. Cheers, weather. Well.